All right, Justin, sing me a song about whatever the fuck you want, because today's episode's a fucking madhouse. A song about whatever I want. Just whatever the fuck you want, man. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I fucking gave you a fucking T-ball ass fucking song. <laughs> and you still couldn't hit it? No, nah, man, not today, man. It's just one of those days, dude. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even sing like the last song you heard on the radio. Nope. <laughs> You don't get that either. Fuck. Somehow, Justin, you took an L on this. I don't know how. I did. I'm so proud of it, though. I think it's the greatest loss of my life. I really think it is. No, the greatest loss of your life is whenever I I fucking got a perfect against you in Tekken. When I was playing with a fucking guy in a barrel or something. Oh, we all speak about that. We do. Because it was great. I don't know how the fuck I did it. But somehow my ass got a fucking perfect round on you in Tekken. The greatest of my like fighting game achievements. Oh God! Or there was the one time that I got a perfect onion soul caliber when you were lizard man and I was Link. And I'm not even stupid in that game. Well, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not even talking about the ring out. I'm talking about with the arrows. And then that last (laughs) one you just gave up on because you were like, "Fuck this! This round's pretty much over anyway." So you just let me hit you with the charged arrow. (laughs) Yep, I just let. I just stopped. Every time I moved, I got hit with. I got shot with an arrow. Let me take a step this way. Shot in the face. Let me take a step. Okay, let me uh, t- take a step and then swing right. Shot in the face. Okay, I'm going to go right. Then I'm going to go left. Shot in the face. And then I-, I just put the controller down after that. Forget it. You did try blocking once, not realizing. I-, I think at the time you didn't realize that if I just held it long enough, it became unblockable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then once that happened and you just had like one hit left, you were just like, fuck this. Just in this now. In my misery. Oh. So caliber. All right, Heather. Those were the days. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shot at this. Sing me a song about whatever the fuck you want. I'm going with the first thing that came to my head. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. That's all I got. Why the fuck was it that song? I don't know. You said whatever I want. And so I get the win. No, no, you don't. Because you sang that fucking song. What the fuck was that? <laughs> you said no. whatever I want. <laughs> no, that's still a You L. can't change the rule <laughs> now that you said I can sing whatever I want. You sang fucking so. Cotton Eye Joe. That's an L no matter what in your life. Heather, I did nothing and you got the same score that I did. Cool. I see how it is. <laughs> you, you said Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like we need to just scrap the idea for this episode and get into a deep dive of why the fuck would you ever choose Cotton Eye Joe? I sang whatever I wanted, so I get the win. No, that's definitely going down in the official record as another loss for Heather. Because Cotton Eye Joe, that should never be something anyone thinks of. The person that originally sang it shouldn't have thought of it. You've never had a song that you like had in your head that you didn't like? Oh yeah, tons of times, but it was never Cotton Eye Joe. Well, there you go. Oh man, I... I am at a loss for words. Technically, she won. I mean, technically, she I did followed win, the though. rules. Okay. All right. Not now. <laughs> Justin, nothing to do with technicalities or anything like that. Just in your heart of hearts. Is that an L for Heather? Do I want Heather to be a loser like me? Do I want her to be a winner? I won't be offended either way because it's not like it's like my proudest moment, but <laughs> I'm not good on the spot. So. All right. Just let me remind you, Justin. She's saying. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. Let me remind you what the rule was. No, Sing no, no. whatever you want. It has nothing to do with the technicalities of it all. In his heart of hearts, is Cotton Eye Joe a winning song for Heather? Oh, oh, not a good song. Just go with your gut. Just go with your gut. It's, it's not Fine, a good either song. either way. But 
it's not a good song, but you did follow the rules. Oh, I've still got to give her this one. It was an awful choice, but it was a choice. And you just asked for a choice. You did this to me, Sterling. You did this to me. You just asked for a choice. You did this to everyone. You didn't ask for a good one. Okay. So this is your fault. All right. As the official game master, this is now the official ruling. Heather will get the W, but Jason now has two losses for today. Oh, come on. What? Oh, it's the official. passion of the Jaston. I sacrificed myself for you, Heather. The passion of the Jaston. I appreciate that. Thank you. I think I sacrificed everybody when I sang Cotton Eye Joe, but you know. <laughs> you might have sacrificed this podcast with Cotton Eye Joe. That's what you get for putting me on the spot. You weren't on the spot. You actually had plenty yes, of time of Jaston fumbling around and not singing anything. You it's had literally time. what came to my mind first. If I waited longer, I definitely would have gotten a loss because I wouldn't have thought of anything quick enough. Oh, man. On that note, let's just start this fucking episode. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin. And today's episode is kind of, like I said earlier, a madhouse of an episode. We are doing kind of like a rapid-fire, you know, non-spoilers, recommendations, spoilers section of three different movies all in one podcast. And they are probably some of the most random movies we could have ever chosen to talk about on this. We are going to be talking about the movie, the indie movie, the whatever-the-fuck-you-want-to-call-it-movie. Pro wrestlers versus zombies. Then we were talking about the very recently released on like video on demand and things like that movie body cam starring Mary J. Blige. And we will be talking about the critically acclaimed French film zombie child. And with all that, as always, we will be talking about what we liked, didn't like and everything in between with those movies. So I don't know. I haven't necessarily decided what order we should talk about these in, so I'm going to throw these two co-hosts of mine for a loop and say, hey guys, let's talk about Zombie Child first. So Heather, what is your non-spoiler review of Zombie Child? Hmm, Zombie Child. Um, This was the foreign film that we watched. It is, um, oh, it's hard to just like really put some of it into words. It's a little bit... Um, all over the place for me. Um, I, I think it, for me, I think it wanted to do too much and it didn't follow through fully on any of the things that it really wanted to do with it. It had a few elements that I thought were going to turn into something better than it was. Uh, it is a beautiful movie. It's very well shot. It's beautiful cinematography. Um, the acting from what I could tell for the most part is pretty good. But um, yeah, it was just not that the story was hard to follow. Like you understand what's happening, but you're kind of like, why is it happening? And it's it's one of those in the end for me, if I'm being honest, it just doesn't really um, make sense all the way what they're trying to do with it. So it's more of a miss than a hit for me. Justin, what about you? Uh, Cool. So um, of these three movies that we watched, um. I did think that this was the best of the three that we're going to talk about. Um, This one, 
but but with that being said, the movie does uh, have its fair share of flaws. I think that um, a lot of the things that Heather said are correct. Um, the the best thing about it. I do think is the way it was shot, the cinematography. It did have a sense of atmosphere, um, and, and it was a bit surprising for me, actually. I didn't know what I was going to get with this. I mean, when you hear the title, Zombie Child, I, I just immediately thought that it was going to be something about... You know, I, I just expected it to be something more of the zombie type of movies that I'm used to. I didn't know exactly what, but I thought that there would be, I guess, I don't know, I guess I was looking for more like horror elements and scary things like that and um, things like that. But what I got was sort of this story that kind of is about, it's, it's about a lot of things, um, which is why I wouldn't say that it's a bad film. I mean, it, it's about colonialism. It's about like the, some of the hereditary effects of that. It's about, it, it's about a bunch of different things, which is why I can see why some critics may gravitate towards this. If you um, appreciate some of those messages that are in there, because they are definitely in here. Um, and I'll talk about it a little more in the spoiler section, but I think that's probably the strength of the movie. But I think where the movie fails is, or at least doesn't succeed as well, is just I, a lot of the characters are kind of dull. You know, most of the time, what you're experiencing is just kind of, you know, uh, school drama, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's got some of those kind of teen drama, uh, schoolgirl kind of cliches in it and stuff like that. And the characters, not a lot of the characters are interested. I mean, there are a few that are, but I don't know if it was enough to drive the movie. And the movie doesn't really get very interesting until you get towards the end. So... The journey to get to that end portion where it starts answering questions and giving you uh, and giving you like resolutions and things like that. It kind of felt like it was too little too late. I had lost um, some of my interest by that time. And even though I thought it did help at the end, it just didn't quite collect itself completely. You know, it was like that gymnast who, you know, just didn't quite have the, 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 the best gymnastics performance at the beginning. And even though at the end, she kind of flips around and sticks the landing, you still got to grade the entire thing. And, and that's kind of what I feel like this kind of had a decent landing. But it just was development wise. I just think it, it needed some pieces to help it. So that, that's where I kind of fall on it. I do think it's more good than bad. It is the best movie of the three that we watched. But yeah, I think the flaws really keep it from being something special. I agree with what a lot of you guys, uh, with a lot you guys already said. It It does have some interesting topics to it. But I think... One of the biggest problems with this movie is the fact that there's so many of those elements that are in there mm -hmm. and they don't really feel natural. And I think that goes to what you were saying, Justin, about the, the characters being rather dull is it's a story about these girls at this uh, all girls French Academy. That's for like the children of 
like very accomplished people and they have this teen melodrama about it that is just so very reminiscent of some shit on like Beverly Hills 90210 in the eight, in the 90s. Yeah. It's yep. just so melodramatic. Like comically melodramatic at times. And then it's like that their story is interwoven into uh like an anecdotal story of uh Haitian voodoo culture and they're interwoven into each other and very disjointedly so. You don't get any real solid connective tissue between the two until like Justin said at the end of the movie. And that is where the most interesting elements of this story do happen. But then and they do kind of resolve some of those things. My problem with it quote unquote not sticking the landing like Justin talked about is the fact that when it does get to that point, it introduces a whole new set of questions that you get zero resolution to. So while it does bring resolution to, to elements of the story from beforehand, it just gives you like less resolution as a film as a whole. You know, and it's like what Heather was saying. It was, I feel like it was trying to do too much. And at the same time, it was very superficial with it. And I mean, honestly, this movie felt truly like what it was. It's a story about an all-girls school and, you know, uh, the, I don't want to say coming of age, but the, the, the feelings that young girls have, uh, you know, while at high school age, told from the lens of an old white guy who never actually lived it, but he's seen some movies about it. He's seen some TV shows about it. And I feel like that that's what that was. And then on the, on the flip side of it, I feel like the, the, the parts about the Haitian voodoo culture were a lot of the same things. It was a very superficial like uh, accounting of it. Like he had seen a documentary on it and wanted to include that in there too. And then on top of that, at the end, which I, while I do agree is the mo- most interesting part, was also the part that felt the most egregious with it. And I don't want to ruin why right now, so I won't. But I'll get into that in spoilers, that it just seemed like a guy that had superficial knowledge and wanted to kind of perpetuate some stuff with that. Um, I, I think the best way to describe what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is this movie has a lot of like stereotypical knowledge on some of these subjects. Like I didn't feel like those, the, 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 the girls acted in a really authentic way. I think they acted in a stereotypical way that somebody would just assume that somewhat rich white French girls would act in high school. Not that that's how they would act. And honestly, for all I know, they could legitimately act 100% like they are portrayed in this movie. It just doesn't come across as authentic to me. And the way they disjointedly told the story throughout most of the movie, going back and forth between the parts with the girls and the parts that talk about like Haitian voodoo culture, without that real connectivity between the two, outside of a very superficial reference earlier in the movie, it makes it really kind of hard to know what story you need to invest in in what moments. Like, ideally, you would want to invest in all of it, of course. But the way it goes back and forth kind of just made me care a little less about both of them. And I don't... And while, yes, Justin is 100% correct, this was, hands down, the best movie of the three we were going to be talking about, I don't know if, to me, it was really above anything other than mediocre for me. So on that note, before we go into spoilers... Uh, Justin, go ahead and give us your recommendation score. Um, man, do, do I recommend? I mean, yes, I, I think I can 
at least recommend this if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something that's kind of a different play on the whole zombie tale, because I was taken totally by surprise from from this movie. And if you're one of those artsy kind of you like, you know, you, you like uh, foreign films and different people's I- I- interpretations of uh or I guess different storytelling methods of film and different things like that. If you're looking to maybe broaden your horizons or something like that, uh, then yeah, maybe check this out. Maybe put that on the, the, the list of uh, foreign movies that uh, you want to check out. I don't have a problem recommending it for those reasons. You know, if you're just looking for something a little different, why not check it out? Um, as far as for me, uh, I thought that it was that, that there are some ambitious things about it. I think that there were some good things about this. I just don't think all of it was <laughs> there, there was a story that I was really interested in. And then there was a story that I wasn't interested in at all. And so you're kind of left with a little bit of a mixed bag. But I think that the cinematography and some of the ideas presented do get, get uh, leave me more half full than half empty. So, uh, so with that being said, uh, my score, I'm going to go with 60% on this one. So yeah, we'll go with, uh, yeah, we'll go with 60, uh, <laughs> dreams of you being a zombie and chewing the cheek off of your best friend out of a hundred. Heather, what about you? I think ambitious is a really good word for what this movie was. Um, it's definitely a different and unique take on zombies and zombification and things like that, which was interesting. And like you guys said, it has some interesting elements to it, but for me, it, it didn't come together very well. It felt like it got a little cluttered and a little clumsy. And as they all, as you guys also said, you know, it, it left more questions than answers. Um, the acting, it wasn't, it wasn't. I don't think that the way that the girls acted was bad. I think that the script writing for the characters was bad, but the girls, I think, did a fine job with what they were given. But um, I know we'll get more into it. But I mean, I I can't necessarily say that I recommend it because I enjoyed it and I thoroughly think it's just one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I will be the third person to say it's the best of the ones that we're going to talk about, but I I mean, if you want to get an interesting take and an interesting um just a unique story of something like that that you've never seen before, sure, check it out. Like I I wouldn't be mad if you did, but also I would understand if you don't check it out. Like it's not um it's really kind of an up in the air thing. I personally, I don't recommend it because I like it, but I can understand why people would. So if you know it's up your alley and your type of thing, sure, go ahead and see it. Um, it's really, it's really close to being a very middle of the road one, like a lot that we've seen lately. Um, I'm going to give this, we'll give it, yeah, honestly, just straight up 50. (laughs) I'm going to give it 50 girls dancing or girls singing in a circle together, their favorite song out of a hundred. This movie was very much a grab bag of some beautiful shots, some interesting concepts, weird disconjointed storytelling, 
semi, you know, semi is a little bit too strong. Quasi satisfying payoffs. And I, to me, I feel like it's just, it really suffers from an overall lack of identity. This movie, I mean, I'd recommend it if, I mean, if you like foreign films, why not? Um, don't me, I would say don't expect anything more than that. Uh, don't go into it watching it thinking it's a horror film. I lucked out because I knew what kind of zombie we were getting in this, mainly because of how it's spelled and my very superficial uh, knowledge of, of voodoo culture and the, the ties with that. Uh, so I knew what we were getting as far as the zombies go, if, if you even want to call it that. I, I knew what was coming with that aspect of it. Um, but outside of that, like it's, I mean, if you like foreign films, I mean, sure, watch it. If you don't, then don't don't bother, I guess, because this isn't going to make you like this isn't going to change your mind. You know, this isn't going to be like, you know, Justin's love affair with like Parasite or like, you know, it's this huge critically acclaimed movie to where sure, I guess, watch that. That might change your mind on foreign films. I don't like it, but maybe that one would. This one isn't going to change your mind about foreign films, like just regardless. Like if you're iffy about foreign films and having to read subtitles, you're not going to watch this movie and go, damn, I was wrong. I need to watch all the foreign films now. I don't even think it's going to make you curious. I don't think it's going to make you watch it and you go, you know what? Maybe I should watch some more foreign films. That one wasn't that bad. I think if you really kind of, you know, are just completely apathetic towards foreign films, this will do zero for you in any way, shape or form. So I don't know. Skip it. Um, on that note, uh, I mean, I, I do think it was slightly better than what Heather said, but slightly worse than what Justin said. I'm going to split the difference again. I'll give this 55, uh, you know, things out of 100. I had I, I completely <laughs> had nothing on that one. This is just 55 things out of 100 things. They don't even have to be the same thing. This can be 55 oranges out of 100 apples for all I give a fuck. That's actually a pretty good summary of what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I, I All right. So on that note, spoilers. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't caught off guard by the zombie on this because I knew it was going to be a, a more of the it, it was going to fall into the voodoo lines of it. And like a voodoo zombie isn't like your atypical zombie. You know what I mean? They're more or less a slave um, type of thing. Um, and I knew that's what it was going to be. Uh so I, I guess I just wasn't caught off guard by that aspect of it not being a, or being a non-traditional zombie. It was exactly what the type of zombie it was uh, saying it would be, essentially. Um, and it's very authentic because what they were talking about, especially at the end of the movie, when they talk about they don't know how many zombie slaves are still out there and all this other stuff. That is actually a real thing because what they're using is they're using like a puffer fish toxin which does mimic death. It's called like the waking death type of thing where it can slow your heart rate down so much that you like somebody comes and checks your pulse and they think you're dead and they do and they would bury you and then they come dig you up because you're not really dead. Um, that is a very much a real thing. Uh, and it's, it's what they show at the beginning of the movie whenever they're he's uh, cutting up the puffer fish. That, that whole point of that scene was to show the, the making the quote unquote potion uh, to do that. Mm. Um, that is very much a real thing, and it it does happen and has happened. Um, I don't necessarily they they made it very ambiguous as to like oh like it's like something like you watch a movie about like child trafficking, and they're like every year this many kids you know are trafficked in the world and all this other stuff. They very much ended it with that, but with like people being zombified, and I'm like 
your lack of actual numbers with it kind of just makes me think you're making stuff up a little bit. I mean, and part of it could be that maybe, you know, it is unknown how many are exactly, it happens to exactly and all this other stuff, but it just feels salacious, if you will. Um, I just, like, what? this movie just, like, brings out weird feelings in me. Because, like, I really kind of did enjoy the story of the grandfather. And I felt like it would have been better if, at the beginning of the movie, when they were like, oh, tell us a story about you and, like, all this other stuff and whether or not it's true to you. And then she recites a poem. And I was like, well, that's not really a story. So I'm slightly confused by the rules of this game they're playing. Which I guess that makes me, you know, understand a little bit how you guys feel when I randomly change the rules on you with the uh, song game. But I was like, that wasn't a story. I, when I, I, we were watching this, or when I was watching this, I thought it would, like, the story was going to be about her grandfather. And then they would, like, tell the grandfather's story. And then, like, the rest of the movie would happen. You know what I mean? And I honestly feel like that would have been a better way to handle it. Instead of just yeah, utterly disjointing it so much. And then at the end, what the fuck was that? It was the most interesting thing in the movie, but at the same time, what the fuck was that? Like, this movie it was fairly innocent, or not innocent per se, but it was fairly, you know, innocuous, randomly became a supernatural horror movie for about seven minutes. <laughs> like, what? Like, it went deep into it, and you've got the Baron there. And, like, I guess he killed the ant? Like, that was his price? That was his gift was the ant's life when I thought he was going to take Pablo's life. That's still very ambiguous. I don't really know what that is. And in return was little Fanny girl, which I'm sorry, little girl. That is the worst name in the history of ever. (laughs) Nobody after 1912 should have been named Fanny, regardless of what country you're in. But yeah, was was it like did was she zombified ish in a way? It was like she just left and went back there, just walked across. I don't know all of France. Locations were a little bit ambiguous, so I'm just going to assume she walked all the way across France. I also have no idea how big France is. So, I don't know. That's a 20-minute walk or something for all of France. (laughs) And then she just walks into her dorm room and just lies the fuck down, and then the movie ends. And then we see the one girl just in a white dress because that somehow was supposed to make sense. This movie ended in a slightly less egregious way like Hereditary did. Where it just like you feel like it's one movie and then it just instantly goes into left field and then just ends. And maybe I'm slightly more understanding of this ending because, like I said, I do have a very superficial knowledge of voodoo culture. And I I got that interest from the comic book slash video game character, the Shadow Man, which Shasta might know who that is. But (laughs) yeah, I'm not saying my knowledge comes from the game slash comics and stuff like that. It just got me interested in it, you know, so then I looked up other things. Um, So maybe having a cursory knowledge of that type of aspect with Laos and stuff like that. Maybe that's why I didn't feel like this was completely as batshit insane as Hereditary was going after. I don't know. Who was it? Pontius Pilate or whatever the fuck demon it was. (laughs) Piedman. When they were like, they were like, oh, we we worship the Piedman. And you're like, oh, let's just say some generic demon. When you could have just said the devil and it would have been the same thing. You just wanted to be an asshole and say it was Piedman. This at least didn't go that far batshit insane. It just changed. It just changed genres on you for like seven minutes of the film. I think that that was the most bonkers thing about it. Those seven minutes and the rest of the movie are two totally different genres of film. 
And it wasn't like it was a, and this is going to sound weird. It's not like it's a, a Shaun of the Dead, which is very much a parody of zombie movies and a comedy and also a legit zombie film that is interwoven together so well that it's authentically and genuinely good at being both. And it's multiple genres in one film. That's not what this movie is. It's not, it is multiple genres in one film, but it's very much one genre and then just a jam-packed other genre for a few minutes and then the movie ends. It does not really interweave them well together. And I, I don't know, like I said, is what the fuck happened at the end? She was like crawling around on the ground like a snake, like legitimately like a snake. Like it legitimately went supernatural, like angry spirit horror movie for that little bit of time. Like, holy fuck, like complete with demon black eyes and all that shit. Like it. Yeah. And then just goes away. Then the movie just ends. That's just to me so disrespectful. You can't you can't swerve like that with zero real context. I know the movie says it has context because it talks about voodoo throughout the movie, but it didn't really have that type of context. And then all of a sudden it just ends like that. But then like the one girl is having, like you said, dreams of biting the cheeks of her classmates. When at one point they're all singing that song that Heather was alluding to. And she just turns to her and she's like, I'm going to eat you. What? Yeah. What was that? Exactly. What was that? Because it's just as out of place as, as anything else in this movie. Yet it was interesting enough to put in there to where I'm like, are they going to do anything else with that? And then they really didn't. Exactly. They, it makes you think that it's going to do this different type of turn, but it never does. And it's just like, you can't even really chalk it up to just like weird teenage shit. Cause that's not weird teenage shit. I'm going to eat you. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a weird teenage thing. It's like, what? I know that they were kind of alluding to maybe that that girl would become a mambo also that type of thing that it's, the voodoo aspect of it and the heritage behind it and and the devotion within one's family to it is all, like I don't want to say all encompassing but um genuine or real like that that's the type of connection they have with it so that's why she's drawing that picture and stuff like that and saying the things like that but I guess I don't whose dream sequence was that I guess was that hers that she bit her friend's cheek was that her dream sequence or something I don't yeah, know really whose it, it is. I, I, I believe think it, was, it was. Yeah, I think so. And then what were with the whole noises in the bathroom? I know she's like, oh, I just do it sometimes because it's weird. Dude, she sounded like a 90-year-old man jacking off. <laughs> she didn't sound like a little girl. Like, that was old man noises. What the fuck? And that's still just... It, 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 her talking about, like, wanting to... like the, What she was talking about earlier in the movie, it just... That felt inauthentic. This movie's just really weird with some stuff, man. But like I said, it's still, like you guys said, it is a beautifully shot movie. I just, it has no identity to me. I think it should have picked one or the other. Or like I said, not separated the stories. Not gone back and forth randomly. Just so, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Whose turn is it? Uh, uh, Heather, what about you? So, two of my bigger issues with the movie is... Um, are well for one I talked a little bit earlier about how the script wasn't I mean the storytelling and you know the actual information that they give you about the subject is good it's fine it's just the dialogue between the girls for me was really flat for most of it unless she is actually talking about the voodoo aspects and all of that all of their conversations and their, you know, dialogue with each other was really flat and just a lot of nothing. 
And so for me, it's like they did a good job in their acting, but also the way the script is written, it's very much like maybe it's not really like it almost just felt like you're responding to the lines that you know are coming next. So maybe it really wasn't good acting. (laughs) But I mean, I guess they were believable as just like a group of I feel like I don't care about anything type of friends, you know, that are cliquish. So in that sense, I guess I think it was good. Um, I think that the um, Melissa, the girl who has the mambo aunt, I think that she was good at being mysterious and a little bit on the creepy side when she needed to be more. I guess maybe it's like their physical acting was good, but the dialogue wasn't. And so it just really felt like when they were talking to each other, it was like, I'm just responding to what you're about to say, because I know I need to respond. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. Like she would be like, oh, that's a cool poem. She's like, thanks, like right away, as if she's not actually reacting to it. She's just responding to it. And that kind of bothered me a little bit in a lot of spots. And the other thing is with Melissa's character, I, they made it seem like she was going to be this very just interesting, intriguing person throughout the whole movie. And that didn't really happen. I mean, she was, she was definitely odd and she had some things about her that you want to know what's going on. But, you know, they, I thought they were going to make her more of the focus of the story. And it really seemed like it went more towards Fanny and her thing. And that just kind of threw me because I just feel like there was a lot of potential with this movie in general, but there was a lot of potential to make Melissa's storyline a lot better than it was and a lot more interesting than it was. And I thought she was going to end up turning super evil and try to kill all the girls or something, you know, like that's what I was kind of expecting with how they kept alluding to. She's just kind of weird, right? Like she's super odd. She does these weird things and talking about how she's going to eat one of the girls. Like it just made me think that she was going to take some kind of a violent turn at some point. And it was going to be somehow related to like revenge from her family or something like that. And that's just not the direction they took with her character or the story. And it just kind of made it seem like, oh, okay, well, you brought up a lot of interesting, weird things, but you don't really do much with that with her. Um, And even the fact that the uh, that Fanny, you know, finds out that her aunt is a mambo and she just goes straight to her. Like there's no even them communicating about this or her being like, tell me more about what this is. Do you know what your aunt does? Do you know how it works? She's just like, cool, this is what your aunt does. Cool, I'm just going to go find her then. And it just was like, I don't know. It it just kind of made it weird for me that the storylines between them were separate, even though like they were connected, but they were separate. And it is disjointed, like Sterling said. And there's just a huge disconnect, I think, with the storylines. And it's it just makes it, I wouldn't say hard to follow, but it just makes you kind of lose interest in the story you were just on after seeing what you're seeing presently. And then when it switches again, you're like, okay, like you're just, it kind of makes you stop caring a little bit about it because they just don't connect the stories and bring them together. Well, like I would say a good example would be that movie photograph from earlier this year. There's two different storylines happening at the same time, but the way you go back and forth with it, you know, you're just like, oh, okay, I get it. This connects. This is cool. I see some some pieces where it kind of flows together, you know, or just movies like that where you, you've seen it work well. But with this one, I just feel like it doesn't really do that well. Um, so for me, that's really what the biggest issue was. And, and then the whole thing with Fanny and Pablo 
and it's like she's got this, you know, crazy love for Pablo, but it doesn't really give you a chance to like feel what she's feeling with that or understand like what happened there. Did I miss it? Did they actually say like why her and Pablo weren't together anymore? You just broke up with her, right? Yeah. But it didn't really say why. My understanding like, is he just texted her and was like, hey, we're done. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's what I thought too. But I was like, like, you know, she just, the whole thing is basically, it seems like she's narrating, talking to him through all these letters that she's, you know, reading out loud or speaking out loud. And you just, you just make it seem like it's like this, oh my gosh, they're so in love and all these things. And then they meet up one time. And then after that, she's, it's done. Like, you just feel like you don't get to have that connection of her feelings and her love for him because it just like, it's introduced and ends so quickly. Yet she's so willing to go to these lengths of, you know, whatever it takes to kind of be with him again. But it just doesn't take you on that journey with her. And it just kind of may feel like it seems more like you're just a teenage girl who's bored and wants something to do because you're sad right now almost. <laughs> and that kind of bothered me because I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like it, it didn't allow you to understand her mindset of why she was just so okay doing the, the thing with all the voodoo and with the mambo. And I don't know. It just, it was not good at connecting, not connecting dots, but just, it wasn't good at being a smooth story where you just really follow it. And you're just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Like it, it's, it's disjointed is probably the best word I can think of for it. So that's really my main issues, but yeah, it is very beautiful. Um, it does have so many interesting elements that it's just like, yeah, it's like he wanted to, you know, dip your toe in the pool of a lot of different ideas and then just kind of leave you hanging with a lot of it. <laughs> and that's what it felt like this whole movie was for me. And it just didn't come together as well as I think they wanted it to. So yeah, that's me. Justin, what about you? Okay. Um, and I'll try to make it quick here, but, uh, but, but I guess for me, um, maybe the reason why I scored it um, a little higher, or at least on the positive side is because initially I was very intrigued by this movie. And I do think there are some strong ideas displayed here. Uh, I don't want it to be lost on anyone that uh, initially I thought the movie was really starting off great. I like the scenes with the grandfather. They didn't have a ton of dialogue. There was a lot of great camera work going on. The scenes where he was in the uh, where he was in the fields working and stuff like that. I thought that all of that uh, was effective. Uh, the so I was really intrigued at that point. I was like, "Man, where is this going, or what is this?" And I hadn't, and I had no prior knowledge of voodoo or any of that stuff. So that was actually interesting to me when Sterling was talking about the puffer fish being used, because I was wondering what that was. So at first, I was kind of questioning: Did he cause himself to die, or did he? You know, I just didn't quite understand. But as the movie goes and hearing some of you guys talk that all of that now makes a little more sense to me but at first I, I was asking the right questions I was I was intrigued I was kind of going along with what the movie was saying and I get some of the messages about colonialism uh 
the the whole thing about um you know the kind of the whole contradictory nature of the fact that you know the the teacher said a lot of good things there when he was talking about kind of like the contradictory nature of France and the revolution and everything like that and how even though you know we're in France we're kind of synonymous with that revolution when you look at the way things are and when you look at some of our behaviors and things like that there's a lot of hypocrisy there's a lot of contradictory nature and you know he was talking about that how you know just about how it may say liberty and all you know we may represent some of those things we might be synonymous with that but is that really what we're doing is that really what history has shown us and i do think there are a lot of those strong messages in the movie and i was seeing a lot of that at first like uh, the 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 parts that i didn't like about the whole school and everything the melodrama and the countless notes back and forth to pablo and all of that stuff i was just just like, uh, you know, there was a lot of that and they were just pouring it on and I didn't find that effective. But the Melissa character, I did like her. I, I like the idea that first they show you kind of like this colonialism and the grandfather and him, you know, being zombified in this way and having to, uh, you know, uh, b be a slave on these farms and things like that. And so then you have this person years later, now we're in modern times and you have this black, you know, what I saw was you have this Haitian girl and she's trying to fit in with all of these white students you know, all of these French students. And so there is something there about the differences in culture and stuff like that. And when they hear about her, they're intrigued by her, but they don't really understand her. You know, she's telling this poem and telling this story about, um, you know, and, and that poem was very telling. It was very like heavy stuff. Look at me, you, you know, look at me, you white Frenchman and you ignore me. You know, there were a lot of like very like racial undertones and kind of, uh, there were some strong messages there about kind of not respecting my culture. And, you know, these these uh, white Frenchmen, these women, they're they're intrigued by it, but they don't quite understand it. And they kind of think she's weird, but some kind of think she's cool. And Fanny was kind of the ringleader of, well, I think she's cool. I think we should include her and stuff like that. And then Fanny kind of winds up going to her grandmother and trying to use the voodoo and stuff like that for her own personal gain. And boy, does that sound familiar. Using another person's culture to try to get something yourself. So I appreciated all of that shit. And I think that's why I can score it a little bit higher. And that's why I appreciate it. Um, and I understand kind of where some of the critics are coming from with that. That is all good stuff. But yeah, when you get to the end and you introduce the and the voodoo element gets a little bit heavier. I do agree with some of you guys' points. The stuff about Melissa, I'm uh, I'm going to eat you and telling that to the girl and then the dream about eating. So you're thinking, "Okay, is she zombified? Does she have some of this in her?" And we really 
And I mean, I guess you could say they that maybe they thought it was enough to just have those scenes and have her having the dreams and stuff. And it kind of implies that this thing is hereditary. This kind of curse is kind of passed down and stuff like that. And I guess I can see, you know, when you're talking about slavery, systemic racism, colonialism and stuff, I can kind of see how that fits. But I just don't know if it was executed well enough. We didn't get really a, a resolution on what she was or what was happening there. I didn't really get um, a sense of that. And then when you get the dark devil voodoo man kind of towards the end, yeah, I think that all of that just came in so abruptly and it wasn't developed. We, we didn't really know enough about that. So... It was very hard to care about that. And when he came in, I got the I got the sense that he was saying to the grandmother, look, you're doing all this voodoo stuff and stuff like that. You're taking money. You're trying to help this white French wo French woman who doesn't know anything about our culture. And look at you. You're exploiting us. And I kind of feel like maybe that was the basis for her punishment. Like it was kind of like. Uh, look, you're letting them exploit us and he punished her for that? Or at least that's how I kind of felt. But like I said, movie doesn't definitively say that. So that has to be a knock against it. So, and then at the end, I did find some of that stuff interesting, like when it was talking about these people who were zombified and were fed, fed these drugs and the puffer fish and were used for this. And we don't know to this day how many people were the zombified slaves and stuff like that. All of that was interesting, which is why I think, you know, it kind of stumbled in and kind of landed at least with the person not falling down on their ass. You know, so a lot of this I appreciated, but I think the juxtaposition with the kids in the melodrama and a lot of that stuff that they spent a lot of time on, I think if they spent more time with Melissa, fleshed her out a little bit more and fleshed out more of those ideas of colonialism and culture and people who take culture and use it for themselves and, you know, messing with things that you don't understand, which I think was a big theme in the was which was the theme in the movie. I think if you had spent more time with those aspects of the story, you would have had just a real like winner here, something like super just spellbounding. But because we didn't quite get there, you, you end up with what we got. So that's kind of where I fell on it. Justin, I 100% agree with you that that would have been interesting if the elements that Melissa was showing with the, oh, I'm going to eat you in the face biting dream and all this other stuff, that that was like a hereditary version of her, like they said. Uh, she's the granddaughter of a zombie and that it would be a hereditary element of like a curse or something like that. The problem is, is that's not how even within voodoo culture, that curse would work. Yeah. And even then you had an opportunity with the dark voodoo man. He could have said that or yeah. implied that or something. And he didn't do that either. So, you know, uh, no, I, I mean, I'm just saying that would have been an interesting like development with it that would have added to the themes that you were talking about that would have made it interesting and would have made those scenes that seem obscure and out of nowhere have an actual place with this. It's just, unfortunately, that's not how it works. And to me, whenever they use the Baron at the end and stuff like that, to me, it just felt like, like I said, a guy watched a documentary or read a book 
And like the like Melissa says, like, oh, he's the you know, he's a demon and a god. And they were like, oh, man, that's crazy. We're going to use that guy then. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it did feel like that because what, what were his motives? What was he trying to do? Like, why do all of this? And yeah, you're right. It was like it was totally like they didn't explain any of that. They didn't even care to. So, yeah. And I, so I get what you mean. It feels that aspect feels disingenuous. It feels like you didn't know everything. You just knew something that sounded cool and wanted to put it in there. I totally get that. I mean, it really felt like. Say like Christianity wasn't a big religion. Say it was just like a, you know, like a little, little obscure religion or something like that. And then some guy just read the Bible and was like, holy fuck, this devil guy would make a really crazy villain in a movie. I'm going to put him in there. He's so bad. Like, it's that type of thing, you know, where they just read something and went, man, that Baron, he sounds like an evil motherfucker. <laughs> going to put him the fuck in this. Like, I mean, because I do agree that a lot of those aspects and those themes do make for a compelling story. It was just so disjointed and you guys both brought it up and I, and I thought of this and it's something I thought I was in the movie. I just didn't think of it when I was talking, why was she speaking her texts to Pablo? Like she was writing a letter during the civil war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she, like, when she's just texting the motherfucker. This she's like, my dearest Pablo, I'll get to see you in 11 days. I can't wait to be in your arms and kiss you and all these things. I'm like, no one texts like that ever. Like, that's just not a text message. Especially not a high school girl. <laughs> like I said, that's like, that's a letter you send to your, you know, your husband that just went to fight, you know, went to go fight the South in the Civil War. And you haven't seen him in nine months. And you don't even know if he's alive or not. Like, that's what the fuck yeah. that was. And it was just, and then they just poured it on. Okay, a few scenes, cool. But man, they poured that on. They just poured it on and lathered it and buttered it and put sugar on it. And I mean, just any kind of additive you can think of, condiments. I mean, they just kept, there were just, there was just scene after scene after scene of that for ultimately that not to really mean shit, you know? And I think that that was just the biggest problem. And like you said, like, this is one of those things where we talk about it all the time. Would the character say this? Would I, well, like Heather was saying, would a high school girl be talking like this, all Shakespearean and stuff? And this seems like something not that the character would do, but the screenwriter who likes Shakespeare or likes poetic words or whatever they wrote that for her it, but it doesn't feel like something she would say you know and, and so that just hurt it but and so I, I wasn't quite buying it but then you just and maybe if you just had a few scenes maybe I would have forgot about it oh well that was a little weird but okay but when you keep giving me scene after scene of that well now you're making me upset about it. now I can't I have no choice but to focus on it and that was a whole lot for what we got with her resolution you know like you said walking across France and then just getting in the bed all of that for that so if that's where we were headed we didn't need that many scenes of her saying all of that shit you, you we could have spent more time on the real stuff you had that 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 you that you were trying to tackle the colonialism and all of that stuff and the, the 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 contradictory nature of the whole revolutionist and uh libertarianism and all of that stuff where was all of that 
You know, the, why not spend more time with that and tie that in to the characters that you have, you know? Well, yeah, because especially because she's just like sitting there and like just no one texts like that. No one's like, oh, I'll get to see you in 11 days and I'll get to hold you in my arms. And the, at one point she's like, I can't wait to be in your arms and in your mouth. I was like, what the fuck is going on there? And but like, what would what would an actual teenage girl say? Oh, babe, I can't wait to see you in 11 days. And then we have right. a response, you know, like that's what a text would be in that. And then also nothing against the kid that played Pablo. Maybe it was just the way they, you know, they used him in this movie. But Pablo had such a fucking punchable face. Like that's the <laughs> definition of a face you want to punch. Punchy Pablo. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, we're in a forest and I'm, you know, you've got a mo motorcycle and no shirt and jeans. And I'm just like, I don't know what it was about him. I'm like. I'm surprised nobody's punching him right now. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. We have spent way more time on this movie than I thought we were. So let's go yeah, on to something else. <laughs> I am so sorry. I jinxed everything at the beginning of this episode. Cinefans, when I said this, you know, we'll go through these quickly when we just spent a normal average time on this one. But at least on the one I'm about to bring up next, there's way less to say about it because this, at least in my humble opinion, was the biggest garbage fest of all the fucking movies we watched during this little uh like little quarantine you know roulette of movies if you will uh with the movie pro wrestlers versus zombies so we'll start with the wrestler yester himself justin what did you think about this movie spoiler free please okay um well i have mixed emotions no i'm kidding i really don't <laughs> I really don't. Don't get that twisted. I'm not saying I like this, but it, th this was a weird movie for me to watch. And I, I'm uh, for several reasons. I question why you picked this, Sterling. Like, I really do. I, I wish you were near when I watched it so I could hit you with something. But the so that's one part of it. But the other part of it is, um, is that um, three of the wrestlers in this I've actually performed with or wrestled. So it was just kind of weird, like seeing Matt Hardy do this or Jim Duggan do this. Two guys I've wrestled and then or Kurt Angle. You know, I got to actually perform with him um, on a Raw episode um, as a I was one of his like security guards or whatever for a segment. So it's just weird seeing watching this because the whole time because the movie is just so bad that I was just kind of reflecting on my memories with them and going oh man uh, I wonder how Hacksaw's doing now you know I just found myself kind of drifting off uh, during this movie but I mean you've seen a hundred movies like this I mean this is it, the funny thing is is that this concept of pro wrestlers teaming up or current or uh, veteran pro wrestlers or famous wrestlers teaming up to face some sort of monster or some sort of thing. There's actually kind of a tradition to this. Like I've seen all sorts of movies that, that have come out over the years. Uh, some of the earliest I remember are El Santo, who was a really big luchador uh, back in the day. He was like, and I, when I say a big luchador, he was like a celebrity. He Think of Michael Jackson or something like that, but 
Lucha Libre wrestling. And that's what El Santo was in Mexico. He's widely considered like the greatest Mexican wrestler of all time. So he would come out with movies like this. And you can look up El Santo versus the mummies, El Santo and Blue Dima Jr. versus monsters and stuff like that. So it, it and that was way back, like in the, I don't know, 1950s, 60s, stuff like that. So there's always just kind of been this fascination or these movie makers that think, okay, what we'll do is we'll take wrestlers because the people like them, right? The, the, the same sect of the audience that likes wrestling, they like monster movies. They like monsters and stuff like that. So why not just put them together in this big corner? a copy of a movie and of course they're going to come see it they're going to wrestling fans will come watch it because they got their favorite wrestlers in it and movie monster or people who like monster movies and these kind of cheesy movies like the b movies they'll come watch them so i don't know why that idea has been so prevalent over time but here we are again with another concept like this and it's just really weird because i I thought the main character was the franchise shane douglas and and i mean i get and all these wrestlers play themselves they're not different names they're never and that's something that's consistent with these kinds of movies too the wrestlers are never different people or it's not like matt hardy's not playing a guy named hank but you know it's matt hardy and he's doing matt hardy things No, he's just Matt Hardy. You know, Roddy Piper is just Roddy Piper. You know, as if when they walk around and every day, even normal people who meet them and and people that they work with, they all just call them their wrestler names. And that's not necessarily true. But that but that's neither here or there. That's just one thing that kind of irks me about it. But no, man, it's just I thought the main character was Shane Douglas. But then at some point, it's Roddy Piper. But then at some point it's this chick and I remember forget what her name was in the movie who at first kind of was introduced as this kind of sheepish kind of woman trying to get a job with the wrestling promotion. Then all of a sudden at the end of the movie, she's a total badass. And that's kind of what this movie was. It's just whatever it wanted to be at any given moment. And when you're not really developing characters, when you're just doing random things, a lot of times there was just random shit. A lot of times wrestlers were doing cool wrestling moves or one guy jumped and flipped, did a backflip off a wall and was doing like some parkour kind of stuff I didn't recognize the wrestler he's an indie wrestler but he was kind of cool he was doing cool stuff but man this is just nothing but just scene after scene after scene of things happening I couldn't get a sense of where they were a location I didn't understand how the zombies were trapping them the ritual that this guy was doing to create zombies where he would kill someone and all of a sudden you just have zombies I didn't understand that. I mean, I didn't understand anything. You know, I mean, the bro- I mean, I get the gist that the that the zombie creator man, his brother was killed by Shane Douglas, who said it was an accident, but then said it wasn't an accident. I don't know. It was just Shane Douglas is in a weird place in this movie. And so that drives these events and they lured them into this what was supposed to be a wrestling show at this prison and it winds up being just uh supposed to be a trap so that his zombies that he creates through black 
magic, I guess, um, can feed on all of these wrestlers. And of course, and especially Shane Douglas, because he killed his brother. And it's just nothing but wrestlers beating up zombies, wrestlers getting eaten by zombies. And then eventually you get to the end of something and, you know, you get to your resolution. But yeah, this is just one of those just dumb B movies that just comes out where they say, oh, look, we can appease this demographic by mixing these things. And uh, what you get is a cocktail that's just not very good. Before you go, Heather, I just want to let Justin know why I picked this movie. It's because I was reading an article and they had just mentioned that Kurt Angle was in a movie. And (laughs) I was like, oh, Justin loves Kurt Angle. Let's watch that movie. That's literally the entire thought process behind this this pick damn so this is my fault in a way wow i guess i should blame myself for this then (laughs) yes you have no one to blame but yourself and your love of kurt angle (laughs) damn it all right heather go (laughs) oh man um i mean correct me am i are we in the spoiler free or we're just doing it now i don't even remember where we are in this (laughs) we are spoiler free still got it okay all right let me say i say that there's nothing to spoil in this movie Let's this be real. There is yeah. nothing to spoil <laughs> yeah. in this movie. But to be I fair, I broke that. I'm my bad. <laughs> it's still it's spoiler free, quote unquote. Yeah. No, no, no. And that's fine, Jess. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> I just thought maybe I had lost track of um, where we were in it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, well, this is so and I'm not as familiar with specific wrestlers and um, the wrestling world in general. Maybe when I was younger, I knew a little bit more, but not so much now. So the only person I did recognize was uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Is that his name? (laughs) That was his name, right? Anyway, he's the only, he's the only name that I recognize in person that I recognize really in, in this, um, this movie, if you want to call it that. Um, It's very, it's, it's so all over the place and it's so terrible in like all possible ways, in my opinion. I'm just like, what? Like nothing makes sense. Like the even the moments when like, you know, they're supposed to be a little bit more like emotional and have a little bit more depth to them for what that can be in this movie. They just did not work at all. Like you just see like going from like this like who are you people i'm gonna kill you all the franchise doing that and then he's just like you know he's like oh we're gonna kill you and he just does this like weird evil you know villain laugh and like it's supposed to be normal for him to do that like i don't know maybe that's something he does all the time but i was like what is that laugh like <laughs> I don't, is that like a normal thing for him like does he do that yes he does it oh okay yeah, okay that's what he does <laughs> but i'm just like what like it just it made no sense and like also <laughs> i do want to say like at the when they first showed the one girl the one who you know ends up falling for roddy piper like, you know, that first scene when they show her and she's like outside of the building and she's looking in the mirror and she thinks that she hears like something behind her. Why did that mirror crack? Because it was not actually a zombie. No, that's actually a different girl. That's the nurse oh. that gets killed and turned into the first zombie. Spoilers for that. But that's who that is. They oh, look okay. a lot alike. But yes, that was two different people. Got it. OK, because I was like, wait, what? But either way, I'm like, 
I'm pretty sure either way, zombies don't make a mirror crack. Like, there was no point in that <laughs> even being, like, a thing that happened. The mirror cracked and, like, a black smoke came out of it. And none of that. I still don't know what the point of that was. Yeah. I actually didn't even, like, notice that smoke came out of it. Because I was still like, what? Like, I don't know. Anyways, it was just something I noticed that I was like, what? And why is this even in this movie? But it's... um. I mean, honestly, I just, the only thing I can say is it's just not good. It's not good in any sort of way. There's not, it's not even like a velocipaster, like it's so bad and it knows that it's bad, but it makes that enjoyable and entertaining. It's not even that type of thing. It's just bad in all possible ways. So that's, that's what I got for you on this one. (laughs) Okay. So for me, all I'm going to say for this section is it's very quick is there is a person out there who is named Billy Pawn, and he doesn't like me because when we were doing written reviews, I gave a very, very bad review to one of his uh, movie he made, and he did not like me for that. And after watching Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies and the other shit show of a movie that it is, and I'm talking about it's not like it didn't have a budget, anything like that. It legitimately just was missing shots. There are times they go into a prison cell and then the next minute, they're running down a fucking hallway. How the fuck did you get out of the prison cell that was surrounded by zombies? How did you get into said hallway? None of that makes sense. And it was like that nonstop. You'd have a group of characters running down a hallway in one scene. And then literally in the next scene, two of them are just in a different room, like talking. <laughs> and you're like, wait, how did that happen? I understand. You know, the time passes differently in movies and stuff like that. I get that. But when it's so obviously like back to back and it's just they just they just filmed scenes they filmed a bunch of scenes and then they put them in an order they thought was the right order they didn't actually film this movie with a plan and i know one of them might say oh we did no you didn't the evidence is the way your film is edited there was no fucking plan when you made this film they had a rough outline but they said fuck storyboards or any of that shit and so the reason why i brought up billy pond is I just want to apologize because your movie is a goddamn masterpiece, especially when you look at the shit show that is pro wrestlers versus zombies and what that actually was. Oh my gosh. Because (laughs) somebody edited that movie. And I mean, I feel bad for the editor because you know, he's putting these scenes together going, Oh, these just, there's nothing to put between these two. I'm just hoping if I put them in this room next, that that was actually the next scene. No fucking idea. Billy, your movie at least had transitional scenes, context, all this other stuff. Things that actually make a movie a movie. This didn't have those things. I don't even know if I really want to call it a movie. I think it's just a bunch of scenes that they happen to put in an order that was bookended by opening and ending credits. And that is it. So take that as you will. Uh, Recommendation and scores, Heather, go. Nope. Sorry, I can't. I can't recommend this. It's <laughs> so bad. It's it's one of those where like I'm watching it and I'm like, why? Why am I watching this? Like, I I cannot recommend it. Like, it's just not. A, yeah, there's just there's no real redeeming quality about the movie. It's laughable just because it is that bad, but it's not because it's like funny or comical or entertaining. Just funny that they even decided to make it i guess i don't know um this is oh man i i feel bad when i give low scores but this is it's got to be low it has to be low i just i have to give it i genuinely just have to give this a zero 
altogether. Like I can't zero zero wrestlers versus zombies out of a hundred. <laughs> wow, you just used the fucking title. Dang. Wow. All right, Justin, go. Wow. Um, no, I can't really recommend this either. If you want something like this, man, there are better ones. I, I would suggest you check out some of those older ones I'm talking about. Watch the El Santo versus Monsters. Those are better uh, wrestler versus monster movies. Uh, I mean, the only people who I think might have a vested interest in this, if you're one of those kind of wrestler completionist people where you just love everything wrestling and stuff like that, the, there are references in this that you might appreciate. Roddy Piper smashes somebody over the head with the coconut. You know, it, you know there are things in here where if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a fan of these people as wrestlers, if you remember the franchise Shane Douglas or Matt Hardy or any of them, and then the whole thing, Matt, Matt Hardy and Rebby are constantly just <laughs> trying to sleep together and all this stuff and try, constantly going places trying to have sex and, you know, there. so there are some gags in there that kind of play on the, the actual wrestlers and things you've heard about them and stuff like that so there there are kind of these things like that if you're a wrestling fan there were some references in there that i totally understood because i know wrestling and shit but uh but really i don't know outside of that i just don't know how i could recommend this i don't, I don't know who else would appreciate this if you're a first time you know if you don't really watch wrestling or anything and you're just kind of coming into this because you like monster movies well there are better monster movies and honestly if you're a wrestling fan there are better wrestling things better movies with wrestlers in them that you could be watching so uh, to be fair even though some of these guys are my boys you know Matt Hardy is my boy man we had a hell of a match and I love Jim Duggan and you know I like the franchise I liked him when he was in ECW but man I can't the the critic in me will not allow me to uh, recommend this. Uh, with that being said, I, I mean, Heather was just totally off base with her zero. I'm going much higher than that. So we're going 11. Uh, <laughs> we're going, much higher. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going so much higher, man. I got to give him some respect. So I'm going 11. Please go watch El Santo versus the mummies out of 100. Well, so with this movie. Um, I disagree with Justin. I don't think there's any reason to watch this at all. If you do just want to see some shit with wrestling in it, um, go watch the Triple H. What is it? Uh, who, who did he fight in that hog pit match? Go watch the fucking hog pit match against uh, Henry Godwin. That's right. Go watch oh, Triple H, Henry Godwin in a pit, hog pin match. If you really are just diehard set on watching something with wrestlers, watch that. Um, if you want to watch just a random profession, take on zombies. In what is a much better movie, go watch, uh, what is it, Strippers versus Zombies or Zombie Strippers or whatever the fuck that movie was. Oh, yeah, Zombie yeah. Strippers. <laughs> yeah, go watch that. That is an infinitely better version of this movie. Like, hands down, Academy Award level filmmaking compared to this movie. Like, legitimately, I do actually recommend watching that movie. It's actually, it's what this movie was trying to be. It's ridiculous. There's zombies and... Just ridiculousness happening with it, you know, and the out of nowhere, like, oh, no, there's like a zombie outbreak starts at a fucking strip club. Like, what the fuck is that? It somehow makes infinitely more sense than this movie. So that's the movie I suggest to go watch if you really are dead set on watching 
some random entire profession type of thing. Uh, fight a zombie apocalypse or something. Go watch that one. Um, uh, this movie, no, just don't fucking watch it. Don't, just don't. Oh, don't. And uh, also, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So I also wanted to mention that at the beginning, the, uh, or yeah, it is at the beginning whenever the brother who dies is um, like making out with that girl on the bench. It legitimately did not even look like he was like touching her mouth. It was so <laughs> bad. It was like you're you're literally just like staring at her moving your head. That's all you're doing. Like it was that bad. <laughs> well, we're not done with we're not done talking about this. We still got holding more sex. I know, I know. I just I, I just popped up and I felt like I needed to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can do it in like five minutes or whatever. Jeez, you're so antsy. It's all because you know what? I'm turning your W into an L now. Mm. three losses i was just worked up i was worked up <laughs> i get it i get it i get it um no for this movie i uh, i think uh like Justin, i think heather did give this an incorrect score i think it's infinitely too high um <laughs> this legitimately is negative affinity negative infinity <laughs> it literally just cannot there there cannot be a worse score than this because whatever score you give another movie Me? that might be low this is automatically just lower than that because I seriously can't say that this is a movie. So this gets negative infinity, just a bunch of random fucking zombie scenes out of, I don't know, pick any number because it's negative infinity. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter the other side of that. So on that note, spoilers for this movie. Uh, you know, I, and so in the movies when it's like a luchador fighting a monster and the, you know, they, they use lucha style wrestling against the monster. That somehow makes sense. Mm hmm. I think it's one reason why it, it, it's because of the fantastical nature that is kind of inherent in, in, in Lucha uh, Libre style wrestling. It's one reason why I love Lucha Underground. I mean, they essentially yeah. have, they had, what's his name? Uh, Luchasaurus um, from AEW. He was in that as like a, a snake uh, guy. And uh, they legitimately acted like he was a snake person. Fuck it. Great. Let's go with it then. Like it is that fantastical nature behind it. So a luchador fighting a monster with lucha wrestling makes sense. But can we stop, for the love of God, putting wrestlers in movies and they use wrestling moves like it's an actual fighting technique? <laughs> no one in the history of ever has used a powerbomb in an actual fight. Ever. Motherfucking Kurt Angle did. Which, we didn't even talk about Kurt Angle in this movie. Like, okay. Because he gets bit. He gets turned into a zombie. Which... <laughs> there was actually one there was one kind of there was one funny line in this entire fucking movie and it's it's funny because i don't even like the city of pittsburgh if we have any listeners in pittsburgh i'm sorry i don't like your damn city it's mainly because i don't like the steelers take that for what you will but whenever he like when the zombies first started attacking him and he beat the fuck out of him and he was like i'm from pittsburgh we know how to handle the undead or something like that okay that was actually a funny line i thought that was a good line that was that was that was good this is the one redeeming thing in this fucking movie. And then he gets like, you know, taken over and beaten, like becomes a zombie. And then he goes into the ring and like he's, he's fighting as a zombie in the ring. And then he just disappears. I don't remember them actually doing anything to defeat him. He just disappears from the ring and is gone. <laughs> and that's that's what this movie does a lot. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, on the other hand, has a magically appearing shirt. He is in the ring shirtless with a two by four fighting you know fighting the undead 
and then they all run away <laughs> and they're running away still shirtless still shirtless they run through a door and then literally the scene that takes place on the other side of that door he's got a fucking shirt on and i get it weird continuity things happen like that all the time but that's absurd how did nobody realize the beginning of the movie he fought without a shirt and then all of a sudden the entire rest of the movie he's got a shirt on what <laughs> um matt hardy and his girlfriend randomly appear and disappear in the same scene they're in this little chapel <laughs> thing and they were hiding like trying to fuck like Justin was saying and then everybody runs in there and they catch them which also how the fuck were they already not like disturbed mid fuck a bunch of people just ran in the room making all this noise and they're hiding under a single sheet still trying to get their fuck on like didn't even peek their heads out to see what the commotion was i mean that is a weird dedication to having sex that they had been assumedly having for about 30 minutes based on the events in the movie and he still had his pants on I'm very confused on how Matt Hardy fucks. I never thought I had to wonder how Matt Hardy fucks. This movie gave me a ton of questions on how that happens. And I'm very confused. <laughs> but like, and also why the fuck does Roddy, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper pick up a weapon, kill one zombie with it, and then always get rid of that weapon. He beats Hacksaw Jim yeah. Duggan down with his two by four and then leaves it. What? You were in the middle yeah. of a zombie apocalypse situation in that prison and every weapon he has, he discards immediately once that beat down <laughs> is done. Why? Just no damn sense. I would be thinking two by four. Great. I've got a weapon I can at least kill at least another 15 zombies with. And he went not killed Hacksaw with it, leaving it here. I'm not going to possibly need this at any other point in this movie. Right. Holy fuck shit. But like, why does Matt Hardy do like a rock bottom to a zombie through a table? Also, what is with these zombies? Why do they get killed with wrestling moves? This was the most like loosely <laughs> defined zombies ever. They would take like a fucking backhand to the chest like Rick, like Rick Flair would do. And the guy would go, woo. And the zombie would die from it because it was a wrestling move. <laughs> like, I have no idea what was going on with this. And then also, at the same time, these, rest, these zombies were skilled wrestlers within their own right. I mean, that one zombie jumps up on the wall or like the, the overhang to chase down Matt Hardy. Like he was one of those Koopas in the, in the castles in Super Mario World. You know, when you'd have to climb the, the fences in Bowser's castles? <laughs> yeah. And you would sometimes you. You would have the turtles. <laughs> Don't tell me that, that scene didn't remind you of that. Because that's all I was thinking that entire scene. <laughs> yeah dude he had to send the best zombies after the best wrestlers man the wrestlers are tough man he had to he had to really send the best most athletic uh zombies that he had the ones that are well trained he just had to send them against the best wrestlers they had when is shane douglas the best at anything ever shane douglas oh, isn't the, shane douglas isn't the main character in his own fucking life somehow they thought it'd be a great idea to have him be one of the bigger fucking characters in this movie, like legitimately, like you can't tell me that when this movie was made, Matt Hardy was not a bigger wrestler. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But Shane had a family, but Shane had a family, Shane Douglas, the franchise had a family, the franchise family, Shane Douglas's family in this is the most throwaway thing ever. <laughs> 
They're only his family in this movie because he says that. Nothing else about it <laughs> makes me actually think they're his family. That's pretty much it. <laughs> if you had just said, you know, that was his accountant and he was staying with them because he was in the area, it'd be just <laughs> as believable. Like, I do, Shane Douglas's story arc in this movie makes no sense. He Correct. He, yes. ki- he kills the guy, but doesn't mean to kill the guy, but kills the guy, but didn't mean to. And then he's like, man, but I'm with my family. I'm the franchise and use my family. Hey, little nephew, I'm going to take you to watch me go wrestle. And then he walks out the door with him and goes, I'm just playing, bro. You can come next time. Who does that shit? Who legitimately (laughs) only keeps the promise to the child for 10 feet? He couldn't walk 10 feet without breaking the promise to that child. Oh, no. The franchise does what he wants and when he wants. <laughs> you know what? I believe it. He did whatever the fuck he wanted in this movie because none of the things he did made any goddamn sense. Because then he gets to the, the promoter and he's like, you owe me money and all this other stuff. And I'm not wrestling and I'm the franchise. I'm the number one person here, which has never been a thing. He's never been the number one draw ever. I don't care if he was the champion ECW. He wasn't the draw at all. And like that whole thing. And then the guy's like, no, you're going to get your money. He's like, all of it. Yeah. Plus back pain and all this. And he goes, all right, I'll be there. They didn't even do a scene with him getting the money. Why didn't they have that scene? Like that, you set up the scene. Why not do what you, you finish it, but they didn't do that. And then they get there and then he's like, and they're like, well, why does that guy want to kill you? Which I don't remember the bad guy saying why he wanted to kill him. I just think he said he wanted to kill him. I don't know. That was really vague. I might have just stopped caring at that point, so I might have missed it. It could have been in the movie, to be fair. I don't care. No, he said, you killed my brother, blah, blah, blah. I remember Shane, Shane Douglas was like, no, I didn't. And then he's like, he went, you killed my brother, I think, two or three more times. And then Shane went, okay, I did do it. It was something like but that. But that was at the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm talking about at the beginning. Because oh, they were, the beginning. Because they were talking to Shane Douglas, and they're like, why does he want to kill you? And Shane goes, I killed his brother. And then that's when Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes, no, it's not your fault. He didn't tuck his head. <laughs> but then later in the movie, so you're like, okay, well, you know, all right, Shane Douglas didn't mean to kill him. It was an accident. But then later in the movie, Shane Douglas is like, man, I meant to kill that motherfucker. Well, which is it, Shane? And it's not like, you know, like, oh, he's trying to put a thing. It's like, why would Hacksaw, who probably, I guess, assumedly had watched the match, why would he witness the guy not tucking his head, but at the same time, Shane going, I did it on purpose. Like, that's two different things. The guy not tucking his head in isn't Shane killing him intentionally. That makes no sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Shane Douglas went full heel in that moment because Shane Douglas is a liar. Shane Douglas is a manipulator. Shane Douglas but doesn't Axel keep Jim his promises. Isn't. And <laughs> Shane Douglas gets what he wants. Okay. <laughs> I, I still don't give a fuck. That's still a lame character. That's like, <laughs> he's not the million dollar man. He's like the hundred dollar man. <laughs> oh, damn. That was great. <laughs> I know. Um, but like, but I'm just saying, why would Hacksaw Jim Duggan, like who, like I said, from the way he delivered that line, my believable conclusion is Hacksaw Jim Duggan saw the tombstone. So you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you can't correlate the two together. It makes no sense. And then, the woman that they both talked about, Heather and Justin, who was kind of sheepish and shy at the beginning of the movie, but then weirdly turned into a sex spot at the end of that scene. 
who becomes the like you know the main counterpart to Rowdy Roddy Piper at the end of the movie. Earlier, when they first get to the prison, there's I don't know. There's a guy that just looks like a mouse. I don't know who he is. He just looks like a mouse with a ponytail. <laughs> and he was like, man, don't mess this up for me. I need this. And you're like, okay. But then that woman is just like, oh, well, why don't you show me how much you need it? Or like something like that. Like the whole, oh, we're going to go fuck. So then they go into this back room and fuck. And then they come out of the back room after, after they fucked or whatever the fuck they did. And then it's just literally nothing. No purpose at all. So like this movie didn't even have the courtesy to show me that sex scene. <laughs> the courtesy. This movie, like, because that, that's what this, the, these kind of movies do. These, I don't know, F-tier horror mo- movies, they just have excuses to have a sex scene. You know what I mean? They're like, we don't really have anything of substance, but here's some naked women. Okay, <laughs> something. This movie doesn't have the courtesy to even fulfill that promise that it set up right before that. This movie just goes, hey, there's about to be some sex. All right, it happened, even though you didn't see it, just trust us. It totally happened, and we're going to keep going on in this movie, and it's never even going to be mentioned again. Why? Like, what, what? why did you even need that? Why did you need the reference of them fucking? Waste of my fucking time. And I'm sure there's, there's, there's more I could say. I could do a scene-for-scene scene breakdown on why this movie is garbage, but I won't. I'm going to give somebody else a turn. Uh, I don't know who's supposed to go. Justin, you go. Well, I think I said about everything I wanted to say about this. We already gave <laughs> we we already gave scores, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave it eleven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We already uh did all of that. So no, I think I've said uh just about everything I wanted to say. You know, I think uh I think it's pretty abundantly clear by now how we felt about that movie. So uh, I'd rather move on to some body cam. I don't know about y'all, but. All right. Well, Heather, what about you? Do you have anything <laughs> left to say? The only other thing I wanted to add was these zombies were very much um, like you said, like their version of zombies is so obscure and so like just not what normal zombies are, because when they were um, letting like one of the guys had the nurse zombie get into the ring or one of the zombie ladies get into the ring. Is she just so very strategically and precisely like, you know, Oh, she stepped over the rope and put her head under the other rope. Like zombies don't move like that, (laughs) but she was just very precise walking like a normal person. And like, it just anything that they said, these like anything that made these things zombies, like we're just completely like null and void because they don't act like zombies. And it was just funny. That's really the only other thing I wanted to add. Cause pretty much, yeah, that frustrated me. And then the whole making out, but not even actually making out scene. We're just like, what is this garbage? This is not going to be a good movie <laughs> for me. So that was the only other thing I wanted to add. I'm sorry, Justin, Heather reminded me of something. Why were these zombies so terrible at actually just biting people? Like there'd be 27 zombies on a person and it would still take 15 minutes for them to actually like bite them. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, that's absurd. Like it was just so long. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And they had the zombie little kid and they didn't even do like, a, that just wasn't even fun. Wasn't even a fun zombie little kid. Just a waste of my fucking time. <sighs> All right. <laughs> now we'll do what you want. Justin. We'll go into body cam. So now this is the body cam section of this movie, which unbeknownst to me at the time, 
this is actually going to be the most relevant movie we're talking about because of some of the subject matter, which we will get into. But I had no idea that that was going to be the case whenever I chose this movie. It just happened to appear in iTunes last week. And they were like, hey, this is a new movie. You should watch it. And I went, well, I don't know if I should watch it, but I just think it'd be fun if we did this episode of three random ass movies. And I was like, why not? This is a brand new movie. Let's get in on the ground floor and watch it. And then, it, you know, the world decided to be stupid again. So, uh, Justin, let's talk about body cam, man. What's, uh, what's your non-spoiler you know, review of body cam since you were all Mr. I want to talk about it. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, I guess my, I was too overzealous when it came to this. Um, well, I mean, overall, my thoughts on this are, it's just a movie that, again, uh, similarly to the, the zombie child that we talked about, but just not nowhere near as effective. It, it has a lot of interesting pieces. It sets up a, a lot of things. But ultimately, this movie just kind of, in my opinion, devolves into a lot of the cop drama cliches and uh, common horror ghost story cliches that you see in these kind of movies. I mean, just every kind of cliche you can think of in the book is there. The good cop versus the bad cop, the 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 ghost or the spirit or whatever doing you know doing different things and then we get to the end and we find out what that's about and i mean it just kind of it starts off almost as something that you feel like is going to be special. And then unfortunately we just uh, didn't get there. Um, I, I did think that Mary J. Blige uh, did a good job as the veteran cop uh, Lamato. Yeah, that's what that was her name. Lamato. I think that she was good in this, um, you know, better than what the movie I think ultimately is, but I do think that she added, some levity to that character uh the i i did feel the the struggle of that character the um the the growth of that character and wanting to figure this thing out and and the determination that character had i thought that that was that she did a good job portraying the character was all the screenwriting there for the character no was all the development there not quite but i did like uh oddly enough i did appreciate her um, performance in this. I thought that she actually did well. Her rookie partner, uh, Nat Wolf, who plays uh, Danny in this movie, I I thought he did all right, too. You know, I I thought he did all right. There are parts in the movie later in the film where it kind of gets a little silly, but I did like him as this rookie cop. And, you know, um. And as things get a little more dangerous and uh, Mary J sort of kind of wants to do her own thing and wants to take matters into her own hands with an investigation, uh, he was good about being that uh, I'm trying to be your partner, but at the same time, I don't agree with what's happening sort of thing. So he was kind of this fish out of water with this whole situation. Um, So I I thought that he did well, too. I thought that they were probably two of the standout uh, actors in this. Um, uh, 
but but other than that, man, like I said, man, this just devolves into a lot of cliches, in my opinion, like the jump scares are just not very effective, um, even though it has that label of horror added to it. I just don't know if it was effective at doing that. Um, sometimes the scenes that were designed to build tension where, you know, you're looking in rooms and you don't see anything. Then you look down, up the stairs, you don't see anything. Then you climb up the stairs and look around, you don't see anything. And then there's a dark place and maybe there's a figure but maybe there's not some of those things would linger on just forever so even though it may have had a little bit of tension on me that it was building and, and it had my attention then I'll, then it would just last too long before anything happened or before you saw anything so the tension it built had just worn off on me by the time it tried to scare me or show me something so and that does happen it just lingers on things uh, uh, uh and then i will get into it i'm sure in the spoiler section so i'll end it here but another thing this film does is yeah it, it presents some very uh timely ideas and things like that and it acts like it's going to explore those things and then it just kind of does it and then when you get to the resolution of it i think it actually winds up being a little tone deaf uh, when, when you kind of get to the resolution of it. And, and, I'll, and I'll explain that when we get to uh, spoilers. But yeah, that's overall my thoughts on the movie. Just too many cliches, uh, some solid performances, but ultimately it just doesn't uh, really excel to where it tries to go. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I would almost completely agree with, um, with you, Justin, on, on what you were saying for all of it. The idea of the movie is definitely interesting and uh, made me want to watch the movie. And um, it's, it is, um, (laughs) it's like, I feel like it's 70% them walking around in uh, some creepy dark places and nothing actually happening, but it's just basically a lot of, um, it's, it's kind of like pulling your chain in a sense of like, okay, it's about to do something and then it doesn't do anything. So it's, I think that it, I don't like how it's paced maybe because of that. And, um, but I do agree. I do. I like Mary J. Blige in this role. 75% of her acting, I really enjoyed um, because she feels like that actual, like real life. I know this person personally kind of cop. You know, like somebody that you're like, you know them in real life. She had that vibe. She had that feel about her where you're just like, no, she seems like a normal everyday person whose job is being a cop, you know, and she played that part super well. Um, I do think there were times when she was maybe a little bit too much of the um, not reacting to things in the way that I think she should have been reacting to certain things, which I know we'll get into a little bit more later. Um, but for the majority of this, I do like Mary J. Blige in this. Nat Wolf also mostly was pretty good too. Um, I am a fan of him. Uh, it's Alex Wolf's brother and I'm also a fan of Alex Wolf. So I just, the Wolf brothers in general, I like, <laughs> so he's, um, you know, he is that, you know, young rookie, like still learning the ropes, still trying to figure out his place and who he wants to be in this department and all of that. Um, and I do like that they don't make him just the average, like, 
oh, I'm just the scared cop and I don't know anything kind of like he was naive and he was young, but he they didn't make it seem like he was just stupid and shouldn't even be a cop at all. At least to me, it didn't feel that way. And I appreciated that they didn't make him his rookie cop character that. So, um, but yeah, it, it does. Tone deaf is a I, I like that word choice that you used for that, Justin. It's I mean, I just think that it 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 wanted to be a deeper, more profound movie than it was. Like it had those deep, profound ideas that I think they wanted to come across, but they did not execute them in a way that made it seem like what they wanted the movie to be, if that makes sense. So um, it, it was just kind of, it, it was just a whole lot of like, you know, going along for the ride to be like, okay, what's going to happen here? What are they going to find here? All these things. But just ultimately, it was a lot of um, unnecessary, like, let's build the tension for no reason and nothing's going to happen type of movie for me. So yeah, it was not, it was not the best, (laughs) but it was definitely not the worst of the ones that we watched. Um, I do agree with you guys uh, with Mary J. Blige's performance. I think it was very serviceable. I, 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 I just don't know essentially where her like acting ends and this terrible script begins. Like, I don't know if she acted better than what the script was, or if, you know, the script was so bad that it made her acting just actually okay. Cause I've never really seen her be an actress. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I don't know exactly where that goes. I wasn't upset with her performance. Like I said, I just don't know if the script was so bad that, meteor mediocre acting can just seem great you know um i this movie the the biggest problem to me with this movie is the fact that it's it's completely the wrong genre it shouldn't have been a supernatural horror film it should not have done that that's what i think to me dilutes the message of this movie and like you said ends up making it tone deaf at the end this movie should have just been like a straight up it should have been a mystery movie and just not had any of the supernatural elements to it Mm. and i think it would have been way more effective it still would have been cliche. We've all seen those type of movies before, but it would have, it wouldn't have felt, it wouldn't have been diluted if that was the case. I mean, this movie, I, I really can't say more without getting into spoilers. Uh, cause there, there's very, very specific things that, uh, I have issues with this, with this movie. Uh, so let's go ahead and do recommendations and scores on this. Uh, Heather, what about you? Um, I, I, I don't think I can say I recommend it. Like, it's it's also a toss up like I didn't care for it. I, I think it's a little too slow. Um, even even if Mary J. Blige is kind of like if, if you're a huge fan of her, like she would be a reason to watch it. Sure. Because she does. Yeah. Like I said, like I think um, m- most of how she plays the role is really good. And she's probably the best thing about this movie. Um, if, if you like her, if you're curious to see her in this role, sure. Watch it. Um that's kind of I mean, that's that's honestly really the only thing I can say I recommend specifically to people. <laughs> um, otherwise, it's just like I you could pass and you you wouldn't be any the wiser if you if you never saw it. So um, my score is going to be um, it's mm, I'm going to have to go with uh, 45 um, different silent creepy rooms that have nothing in them out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm in a similar boat with Heather. It's hard to recommend this one. I just think that there are better uh, movies out, regardless of what you're talking about, the cop drama side of it, or the whodunit side of it, or the horror side of it. You know, it's just really hard to pick this movie. And on top of that, I just feel like the movie, especially just with everything going on now and everything like that it almost just at the end feels like it kind of capitalized on something serious just to kind of have it be a a, a kind of sort of narrative piece and i don't know i just really have some problems with the the tone deafness of those concepts which uh we would definitely talk about in detail but uh, yeah, man. So it's just really hard to recommend for that. But but I think I can at least say what Heather said. Yeah, if you're a fan of Mary J. Blige, she is good in this. Um, if you're somebody who follows her or likes her acting and things like that, she does definitely carry this movie. But that's kind of really the only redeeming thing about it. It just uh, it lacks tension and it. uh I think uses some of its concepts the wrong way. Uh, so yeah, and I'm in a, I was in a similar number to Heather, just a little bit higher. I'm going to give it 48, uh, 48 other movies, cop dramas that you could watch that are better than this out of a hundred. Uh, no, I don't recommend it. It's that simple. I just don't. There's like Justin <laughs> said, there's better versions of this. There's better law and order episodes that cover the same thing in less time. Mm hmm. It's and I think a week ago I would have given it a score similar to you guys, somewhere between like a forty-five or fifty. Um, now, like you said, like the the tone deafness that it ended up devolving into. Now, actually, it did, to me, it comes across worse. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they were trying to use what we will talk about as a narrative piece intentionally bad. I think they were trying to use that type of thing to put a message out there in a positive, not in a positive way, but you know, in a, in a better way than I think they ended up doing. And since it does fall flat like that, and because the events, especially of this week, fuck, it's bad. Oh, it makes it that much worse. Uh, 25, 25 random fucking hands coming out of a random trap door on a floor that doesn't actually line up with any of the things that are in this movie. So I don't actually understand what the fuck was going on with that scene out of a hundred. I think that's the longest one I've ever done. I think I pulled the Jastin on that one. Yeah, that was long. <laughs> um, all right, spoilers on this movie. Okay, uh, so yes, this movie is about, or a big part of this movie is about cops killing somebody. that was completely innocent. Fuck. Like, fuck. Especially with right now. Um, and like uh, you guys were saying, it, it, it does fall tone deaf with it. I think if this movie was a murder mystery, and say at the beginning of the movie, that one cop pulled over the lady just like this movie began. I think she should have freaked out and killed the cop. And everybody's like, oh, you like all this other stuff. They, they catch it on the camera and everything like that. And everybody's like, why the fuck did she do this? All this other stuff. She's bad. All this other stuff. And then Mary J. Blige's character like is interviewing her or something. And she says something. And it kind of strikes that note with Mary J. Blige's character because her, her son died also. And, he, and all like have Mary J. Blige or the, the, the woman character just say, this is because of my son and say the son's name. And that's all she says, but that kind of strikes a chord with her. So she looks into his case and then that's whenever she ends up finding that these cops killed that guy. And that's the narrative of the movie. That's an infinitely better movie than what the fuck we got. 
And granted, yeah. that's cliche as fuck. We've all seen movies about dirty cops doing stuff, and then the one good cop figures it out and all this other stuff. A very good example of that is the movie Copland. I really like that movie. I thought Sylvester Stallone did a fantastic job in that movie. Oh, anyway, yeah. He's good in that. I digress. Um, but we, we've seen that movie. That's still a better version than this movie is. By adding the supernatural elements to it, it devolves into completely nonsensicalness with it. Like, A, how did the mom find out what four cops were on the scene with that? I never understood that part. How she knew which cops were them. And then, did she have to go hunt down the cops and be near them for her ghost son to come kill them? Two, why did her ghost son look like that? That made no sense to me. That was just weird. Three, this movie's called Body Cam. You should have been way cooler with your body cam shit, man. It's in the name. Give me some fucking great ass scenes out of a body cam. Don't have it just end up being the one scene that is actually matters in this movie with a body cam. Be the scene where the kid dies. That can't be your one good body cam like shot in this movie. Fuck. It's in the name. Don't be shitty like that. Um, Four, the entire scene where they're in that woman's house looking for clues and shit like that makes the least amount of sense of anything I have ever seen in a movie because they're alluding to, I guess, the figure that keeps randomly moving around the house as being the son. At least that's how I took it. They were alluding that to being the ghost yeah. son. Hey, then what the fuck was that hand that came out of that trap door? That wasn't his <laughs> hand. What the fuck was that? Two, or I, I guess point A or point B of the same point. How the fuck did they not hear that door of that trap door slam open and that hand slamming on the ground. They walked like six feet away. It was like 0.7 seconds from them walking away from that closet till when that happened. And that was the loudest noise in the history of movies. And somehow they didn't hear that at all. And then the, whatever random figure walks behind them and then down the stairs and then they hear the noise and they go down there and all this other stuff. It's a fucking invisible ghost. What was any of that? What was that supposed to be? Was that supposed to be the mother? And if so, world, I mean, she's the world hide and seek champion. She literally gets down the stairs like five seconds before them and disappears. If that was the case, I don't know. The movie is so insanely ambiguous as to what that was supposed to be that it makes absolutely zero sense. But like, it really just becomes this weird, I'm a ghost, so I'm going to kill all the bad cops movie. And like I said, I, and from a supernatural and a realistic point of view, it doesn't it doesn't line up together. The events that transpire in this movie, it they don't make sense either way. Even if you look at it solely from a supernatural point of view, it still doesn't quite line up. If you look at it from a 100% realistic point of view, it doesn't line up. It just seems like they knew what they wanted their end goal to be and just filmed some shit hoping that they got there. And that's it. And and like I was saying earlier, if they'd just done this as a straight, this kid's dead, but the, you know, his mom killed this other cop that she knew was a part of it and all this other stuff. Like I, I still wouldn't have understood how she knew the, that that cop was a part of it, but you could have made some ties together and it could have been a more straightforward movie about investigating some cops that did a bad thing, kill the kid, they kill the innocent kid. And it's about getting justice for that kid. Whereas this movie is, Hey, we're going to have some, Cops get the fuck beat out of them, and th that's it. Which, if that's the movie you're trying to make, fine, fuck it, okay. You, you still didn't do a good job of that. <laughs> you, you, you still didn't succeed at that, really. So, um, that's my point of view on that. Uh, who wants to go next? I don't remember. We've I've done so many of these 
oh, I'm trying to alternate between you, between each section. We've done a billion of these at this point in this episode. I have no idea whose turn it is. So um, talk amongst yourselves and decide and uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'll go ahead and go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, definitely just some of the things you said do reign true. I get the first thing I want to talk about is that scene where they were in that old house for seemingly now I didn't timestamp it and I should have. But that felt like such a long, arduous. It was at least six hours to get through. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> approximately six hours. That's what it felt like, man. They were just going in rooms and checking and flashlights and uh, swooping over here, swooping over there. Nothing. Oh, did you hear a noise? Nothing. Shadowy figure? Nothing. And I mean, it just kept they were kind of building some tension. And then halfway through that, I was like, OK, can we get to the point of this? And like you said, you see a hand and. All of these things are like horror elements, but it didn't make sense for this deaf, supposedly innocent, sweet kid to just be all monstery and gory like it just didn't fit to me like it didn't fit with the the person that they killed didn't fit the characteristics of this ghost or this specter that was killing all these cops and stuff like that. So I found that to be a little weird too. That just was weird to me. I was like, okay, this kid is doing all of this and doing this gore and all of this stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's no rule that says you can't become a homicidal ghost if you, I guess when you get killed maliciously, but I don't know. I mean that that was just, inconsistent with the character that was actually killed. So I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling that either. And like you said, one minute, it's a monster hand. One minute there's, it's like, it's, it can, it's teleporting. It has teleportation. The next minute it's uh, just a little, uh, uh, a sweet looking little kid. Then the next minute it's, I don't know. It was just like, it was just whatever they needed for the scene at the time. So that just really bothered me. And I think this story, just the whole tone deafness of it just hits me in a lot of ways, especially in today's times. I mean, because, you know, the movie starts off and I believe we're watching TV or we're hearing it. This cop is driving. We're hearing it on the radio. And there's an unarmed black person that was shot and killed. And, you know, and the 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 people, the, the cops got administrative leave and people are angry, et cetera, et cetera. So you hear that narrative and that kind of is kind of the narrative that we're dealing with right now in the country. And it's just so weird that at the end of the movie they they accidentally killed this kid thinking he's a criminal but it's dark the kid is deaf they're shouting orders hey stop you know trying to get this kid to stop and they want and he looks like he's trying to escape and they shoot him and then honestly i'm not buying that these cops would go okay given the climate of everything happening right now and and everything that's going on i'm scared to just say that we shot this kid so what's the better idea let's just 
kill this kid and do a cover up. And I don't know, man, I think given the way things have been in society, I imagine these cops would just say, yeah, we accidentally shot him. We thought he was a criminal. He was running. He was fleeing, whatever the case may be. And we shot him. And then when we realized, oh, man, he you know, this is a deaf kid in the neighborhood, whatever the case may be. We rushed him to the hospital. Unfortunately, we couldn't save him. I think that is and, and then they get away with it. Then maybe later you find out that there's more to it than meets the eye. That seems like a more likely story to me than what we got in the movie. I just don't know if we have progressed far enough with that issue to where cops are now scared to kill unarmed black kids. So that just didn't sit well with me. I was like, well, would these cops really do this or would they just, or given the narrative that you set up at the beginning of the movie, wouldn't they just take their chances with the accidental shooting? And I just feel like the cops would have taken their chances rather than this big cover up. But that that's just kind of how I'm feeling given what we're going through right now uh, uh, in today's times. Well, the only reason why I kind of buy what happened with the cops is because look at how many people have called the cops on black people doing normal things and have gotten dragged all over the Internet and in society and fired from their jobs. And yet that hasn't stopped a single motherfucker from still doing it. That is still happening on it feels like a weekly fucking basis. I mean, just recently, the one the, the man that was bird watching and a woman called the cops on him like. I don't feel like anybody learns lessons when it comes to this shit right now, dude. Exactly. Right. So the idea that these cops would have been like, and that's kind of the problem I have with it, because the idea that these cops are like, oh, man, you know, we can't let we can't just tell the actual story because, oh, man, we're going to get in trouble. Feels like the cops are cognizant of what's happening and saying, look, man, we we can't let this get out that we did this and shot this kid on accident. So let's just kill him and make it worse seems unrealistic it seems like they would just like you said given they're not learning any lessons take their chances with yeah it was an accident story it, it just seems like uh, are cops progressing further enough are we seeing a, a learned lesson enough to think that they would go through this much trouble or is the likely story is they wouldn't go through this much trouble and i and i think it's the latter you know well i wouldn't i wouldn't even put that onus on have cops progressed enough as as society i mean like i said yeah. we're seeing it like yeah. i mean i seriously i feel like every single fucking week of like the last 2 years We've gotten a video of some crazy ass white person calling the cops on a black person for just doing normal ass shit. It's utter insanity. Yeah. I just don't know how it keeps happening. Like, I understand these people are racist and, you know, take this for what you will. But it's if you're racist, you're dumb. Like, it, it, I don't give a fuck if that offends you. <laughs> but right. I understand that maybe their racism just takes over their brains and all common sense goes out the fucking window because they're getting fucking videotaped and they see they're getting videotaped and they just go, they double the fuck down on it. And I'm just like, this hasn't turned out good for anyone ever or not ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. Racism would turn out really well for a lot of people for a long time, 
Um, but I'm just talking about now. Like it's it's never ended well for the person that's getting videotaped being racist. Like if that's the one positive thing, I guess it they don't ever come out well in those instances lately. For the most part, I'm sure there's yes some that do. It's just mind boggling that like th- that ability to like that their urge to do that just completely takes over everything in their brains. Like it's just wow. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you are right. Maybe if the cops just went, I mean. And the sad thing is, is in the context of the story of this movie, that is legitimately supposedly what happened, that it was legitimately an accident. Yeah. I mean, and you can get into whatever, which I was very confused by that because was the kid running away? That footage was very bad and I couldn't actually tell if the kid was running away. And if that was the case, okay, whatever. But like, I thought the kid was just walking. I didn't feel like any distance was actually really happening based on what I saw in the movie. And then you get into the argument of what's the logic of shooting first every fucking time. Um, I, I don't know. There's so many elements with that that I, I do feel like play out multiple ways. You know what I mean? Like when you do have supposedly, like I said, within the narrative of this movie, it was an accidental shooting of an innocent person. But then they became malicious about it. Yeah. And that doesn't line up. Exactly. And that, and maybe I just didn't explain it well enough that way. But that's my problem with this. They accidentally shot the kid. And in today's world, the cops, I just think realistically that they would look at this and go, this was this was a legit accident. We're, we're going to get away from this one. We're, we're, we're going to walk. You know, we, we just explain what happened. We show him the footage. The, 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 the kid was going the opposite way. We were trying to shout a yell at him. We didn't realize he was deaf. The kid didn't realize we were trying to talk to him. End of story. They, they get administrative leave. End of story. More people are angry. End of story. I, I just don't know if they cover that kind of incident up. Uh, and like you're saying, if you're going to go all in on it, then just go all uh, go all in. Let them profile. Let them think that the kid's doing something. It could have been, like you said, just if, if they're going to be evil, then go all in on the evil. Don't have bake it with some. This was a legit accident. And then they decide to do something evil why not just go all in on that and and then if you go all in on it maybe then there's a story here about how when the ghost is targeting these people and killing them there could have been some narratives there to talk about that narrative like maybe not everybody uh killed the kid or whatever but maybe there were some cops who could have done something and they didn't or they saw what or they or there was one who actually saw what happened but he didn't report it so he's just as guilty or you know there was a chance to maybe maybe the ghost is killing all these people and it seems like they're unrelated but the truth is is that it's that whole bad apples narrative if you are a person you may not have done the deed but if you're allowing the deeds to be done then you're just as bad and i think maybe you could have told that kind of story with who the ghost was killing and maybe could have at the end said something about this and and who knows maybe there was a cop whose life was spared because he tried to do the right thing and was silenced or something you know i think 
there was a chance to maybe say something about the problems with racial profiling, uh, the whole police brutality thing, killing unarmed people, stuff like that. Maybe there was a chance to say something about that with what this ghost was doing or what his motives were. But this didn't land on any of those things. And it's just mind boggling that it couldn't settle on that or it was like it wanted to have its cake and eat it, too. I want the crime to be an accident, but then what they do after to be super malicious. And that was just so inconsistent to me. Now, I'm sorry. I'm about to do this to Heather. But before I get to you, I'm going to ask Justin a question that's just going to be, I don't know, it might be a, a real big bummer. It might put you in an awkward situation. I'm sorry. But so if, in the situation we've been talking about, say, the kid was doing something like just running. You know what I mean? Maybe it was legitimately just running or something like that. And hold on. My cat is trying to climb in the back of the chair and got stuck and couldn't climb it because of this. Uh -oh. That was sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, so given the situation we were just talking about to where say the kid was running and was deaf. And so legitimately it looked like a bad circumstance, all this other stuff. And the cops did shoot him and he died and it was legitimately an accident and everything like that. And they came forward and it was an accident and all this other stuff. Do you think that that situation, if they came forward with that, would be something that would be legitimately understandable and wouldn't still be perceived as like strictly profiling, if you will? Like, do you think that that's something that would be more understandable from from the public? Or do you think it still would be just considered more of the same? I think that, um, well, just me looking at it, like if I were to apply that to, let's just say something like that did happen in real life and you could see the camera footage, you could see them trying to say, Hey man, stop, stop. And the, and it does, and it looks like this person's not listening to them. And then let's just say that's what happened. So you kind of, you would have kind of what it is. You would have, right. You would have both sides of it. Like, man, he, it looks like the guy's fleeing and they were just trying to stop the guy and everything. Then it comes out later that the kid was actually dead and stuff like that. I, I do think that there would be some anger about that. Why did they have to shoot the kid? Yes, the kid was running, but why didn't they try to catch him? The kid wasn't a threat to them by running. Why didn't they try other means? Yes, you would have still had those conversations, but I still think that the, but the problem I have is that the cops thought that they could not go with that story. They thought they needed to do this. And I just don't know if the cops would have done that. I, I don't feel that that was real in that situation. I think you go with the accident story here. I don't know if you covered this up. And, and, and I do think, yeah, you would have had some anger on both sides. But honestly, I don't know if the anger would have been as bad, given that it would have seemed like the cops were trying to stop someone and they were running or they were trying to escape. And the cops are yelling at him. Hey, hey, please stop, man. We're trying to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to get away, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I do think that you would still have some people angry, but I just don't know if the backlash would would be as what it is. I mean, some of those things are just weird. Like the kid was deaf, so he wasn't responding to what they were saying. Uh, 
seen on their on their body cam footage it would show that it would look like he was trying to escape them and they were trying to get him to stop and stuff like that so i I do see both sides of that i guess it's it's so hard to predict something like this how people are going to react to a video but uh but 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 that's what i think i think that you would have some half and half with that situation but i think the cops would take their chances on that I don't know if the cops would go further as to suffocate the kid and say, uh, and we got to do this big cover up. I think the cops just take their chances with the accident story. You know, they do worse. I mean, you know, we saw a guy put his knee here recently, put his knee on a guy's neck till he died in a nine minute video. If I, so, it's just so right. And, and maybe that's the problem. It's just the, I'm li- we're living in the now and right now I just don't know if the cops don't go with that accident story well see and I also I'm not gonna lie I forgot about the scene in the movie where they also then put the bag over his head too I'm not gonna lie I forgot about that part yeah so yeah it really does it it goes from an accident to malicious as fuck like right away um no the only reason why I'm at, uh, like I'm asking that part of it is I mean part of it does come up with especially in the movie well there's that adage the cover-up's worse than the crime you know what I mean? Like that, I, I do feel like that, that, you know, that saying really kind of fits, especially in this movie, you know, it goes from being a legit accident to malicious, you know? And I mean, that is what it is. Uh, all right, Heather, now it's your turn after all that. My bad. No, I mean, it's honestly, there's not like much different of anything to say with that, that hasn't been said already. Cause you guys are absolutely right. You're nailing that with the, yeah. I mean, it just, and in general, it just situations like this or movies like this, where they have that scenario happening. Um, even though at first it was an accident and it wasn't on purpose. And the fact that they decided to handle it the way they did. First of all, I think that there's, there has, there's no, how would they have possibly thought that that was their best option? I don't know, but you know, considering all the factors of what we're talking about, it's I guess it's possible, but I'm like I just I I just feel like there were so many other things that you could have done first, you know. But um either way, it's it's one of those where now looking at that movie and what goes down in that, it's just going to be as easy to say like, well, even when the cops are doing things unintentionally wrong they still want to cover it up and it's still wrong so basically it's gonna it it would make people question cops in general like okay was this actually an accident or did you do this on purpose like even if it wasn't the intention (laughs) i just feel like it's just gonna make um it's just people people who are watching it i mean it might make them just question everything that cops are doing you know like even if it is like not on purpose or if it is an accident or if they it's an accident that they do report and they say hey listen this is what happened and um you know it was an accident and all this stuff there's going to be for everybody that's like oh okay well thanks for coming forward with it there's going to be two other people saying no that's probably not really what happened you know there's just a, a huge thing of mistrust with cops in general right now and i think that um you know, showing that as like the resolution that they came up with, it just doesn't help the case. But um, understanding, obviously, it is a film and obviously it's a film that um, it, it's I, it it had a purpose for what it was trying to do. But yeah, the tone deafness of it is just throughout and it's not 
yeah, it's, it's just not, it was, it didn't sit right with me in that way. So there's, it's, it's just an unfortunate thing, unfortunate way to show what went down. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is relevant, which is sad because it shouldn't be something relevant right now, but it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it just, it just misses the mark on, on a lot of things. And, um, yeah, and I just think that the tone of what it's supposed to be, you know, the 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 tone of what is happening is so um, sensitive right now. Anyway, that it's it's just going to be one of those movies that you're you're going to take it. Uh, you're not going to take the movie well because of everything going on. Yeah, the the more I keep thinking about it, just as a movie as a whole, not even taking the contextual elements of what's happening like now out of it. My biggest problem with it as a movie really is the fact that every cop show that has lasted more than one season ever has done a better version of this story without the supernatural elements in it in what, 47 minutes because of commercials or 42 minutes. Yeah. And this movie is an hour and 36. An hour of it being that house that they're creeping around in. (laughs) Yeah, I think it I think an hour and 35 minutes takes place in that house and the rest of it all just (laughs) takes place in a minute, including credits. I mean, it's they dragged out they dragged out this story in an unnecessary way just to make it supernatural. When I'm telling you a better version of this exists as her just trying to figure out what actually happened to that kid. And she's with and she's with that rookie cop who was a part of it and he commits suicide and that's the missing piece. And then you can still have the, the, you know, the shootout at the end, if you will, and all this other stuff. And my cats are fighting right now. And that's really great. It's I mean, (sighs) fucking a I think. Even a better version of this movie is still what there, there's that movie that came out not that long ago, I think called Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. It's the same oh, type yeah. of thing. It's the same that type of fucking movie. This. And they didn't have the supernatural elements. And don't get me wrong. That's not necessarily a great A movie either. But fuck. No, it's not. They took it's at least a better version of the same damn movie just because they didn't add bullshit supernatural bullshit to it. I think that's the most I've ever used bullshit like literally in consecutive words. <laughs> but yeah, they just didn't add the extra garbage. It had its own extra garbage, but it wasn't at least completely dragged down by it. I mean, I think this movie's biggest problem is the supernatural elements of this movie. And that's sad because that's essentially what this movie's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a supernatural horror film. Yeah. And that's the worst thing about it. Like it doesn't succeed as a cop drama, which is where all the potential in this movie is all the potential in this movie exists there and it doesn't succeed at that because of the supernatural bullshit. And one thing I do want to clarify just yeah. real quick is when I was talking about earlier that they didn't have any cool body cam scenes in it. I'm talking about if you're doing a supernatural horror film movie about cops called body cam, you need to have some cool ass ghost ass fucking body cam footage. <laughs> like that's where I want the body cam footage is in the goat. Like if you legitimately dedicate this movie to being a horror movie and you don't set up really cool body cam footage with it. That's where it fails on that. I should clarify as a supernatural movie. That's where it should have excelled was doing some crazy ass ghost footage with body cams. And they did. Yeah. None of that. The coolest one they did was that was the, 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 the that was the camera in the cop car. What even the body cam where the cops just standing there and all of a sudden he like flies away and shit and then lands on the car. Those were the yeah. cool scenes of it, and that was the that was the 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 car. 
that wasn't even the body cam. Mm. Like, holy fuck. Yep. And come on, can we quit having these movies that with these horror movies where the one chosen person is the only one that ends up getting to see the footage before it's magically ghost erased? Like, come on. What is that bullshit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the main character happens to be the only one to see it before it's magically ghost erased. Bum, bum, bum. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And I just, I also just, for whatever reason, I had an issue with reactions of things happening. Like when I was talking about Mary J. Blige, like there are some scenes where I'm just like, I feel like she's not reacting in a normal way that someone should react in that situation. Like when she finds um, her rookie partner's dead body after he shot himself, she's just kind of staring at him like, oh, what'd you do? Like that kind of thing. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I feel like she should be completely devastated and destroyed. And I mean, I don't know. And then even when at the last scene, when she's, she's, you know, kind of like, face to face with the other cops and things are going down and the ghost is killing them and destroying them and doing what the ghost is doing. She's just kind of looking like, uh Oh, I should probably get out of here. <laughs> like, she's not like, what the hell is that? What is happening right now? Like she's just like witnessing these crazy things happening. And she's just kind of like, huh? Well, I might be next. Maybe I should go. Like <laughs> there was some scenes like that where I was like, maybe like your reaction should be a little bit more, alarmed or whatever than that because it just felt like it, it, that was just weird and even um the rookie what was his name um nat wolf his character um what is his name uh danny even his reaction when she's like hey you know basically about she's about to you know like find out what actually happened and he realizes it he's just like oh yeah i'll meet you and then you know he kills himself. I just feel like there should have been a buildup more so uh, like from the standpoint of that character and realizing like just seeing throughout that like there's something looming over him and you can see that he is really heavy hearted about something and you know or being a little bit skittish because it's like oh who's going to find out like just something where you feel like something's off about him I wonder what it is but he was just so totally kind of like a normal person throughout all of it that you just you you don't even see it coming when he does end up killing himself. And um, which obviously, you know, like that's a thing where people don't notice that. But for the sake of the movie and the whole mystery of it and all of that and the eeriness of it, I feel like having that or seeing his character be a little bit more like that would I guess maybe just see like, hmm, something else is going on here. And it would just kind of add to the element of mystery for the movie. And they just didn't use the opportunity to really do that. So, yeah, I just feel like there was a lot of missed chances and also just reactions to all the weird, crazy things happening in the movie that just, I don't know, you just feel like their reactions should have been a lot different than they were. But that's my only other issue with it that stood out well you want to talk about reactions what about the husband's reaction when she takes the cell phone footage and is playing it i don't know through her tv on loud as fuck with like dolby digital 5.1 surround sound loud as shit and it's a massacre in a convenience store just gunfire and people screaming out in pain and death and violence and he just comes down going you coming to bed honey right (laughs) When right. a legitimate real life massacre is happening on the screen. Right. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. just a weird thing with that throughout the whole movie. I mean, I'm just like, what? Like, did you feel like you didn't have enough time for those reactions because you spent an hour in the creepy house for no reason? Like, why, why didn't you have these things? I don't know. It was just, it was off with that. And I feel like, had they given it more of that, or even if they hadn't have added the supernatural aspect, like you said, I do agree with that, by the way. I think it, it would have been better without that element um, for this specific movie. Like, the, they definitely should have added it at that point. Like, if you take out the supernatural and everything else just kind of plays out how it does, you're still missing that, like, okay, so where's the emotion or the conviction or the whatever behind how you're feeling right now? You're just on the screen and I don't know. I just feel like those reactions would be important to the story. And even when she's finding like the footage and seeing what's happening, she's just kind of like, hmm, okay. Like you feel like that's kind of what she's thinking in her head because <laughs> she's not really reacting. So I don't know. Also, this just reminded me of something because we keep talking about the house so much. <laughs> How bad was it that they blew all their budget for special effects on making the ghost killer's face all staticky like a TV? They had. The worst looking CGI cockroaches in the world fly out at that rookie cop. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. Yeah. Like at that point, that just... just don't do the scene. <laughs> right. Or just like make it one of those. It happened off screen and he goes and tells her about it <laughs> at that yeah, point. You don't you don't show it at that point. That was bad. I mean, the special effects in the original Clash of the Titans were better than that fucking thing. <laughs> oh, I went there. Any final <laughs> thoughts on body cam, guys? No, that's it for me. Oh, I'm good. And on that note, guys, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet, www.cinemaslayers.com. Facebook is Cinema Slayers podcast. Twitter and Instagram is cinema underscore slayers. This is episode 96. And so on episode 100, we are doing a special like Q&A type of episode where we will be interviewing each other and all this other stuff and asking each other questions. So if you guys have any questions for us that you would like us to also ask, on that episode uh email them to us at simulslayerspodcast at gmail.com or message us on facebook or just send us a comment on facebook or i don't know message us individually if you actually know who we are uh just do any of that like hit us up uh put some questions in we'll ask them as we're also asking our own questions for each other so that will be episode 100 like i said this is 96 so you got a few episodes to go before we get there so drop those when you can and other than that guys Stay healthy, stay safe, and remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Which, by the way, Avengers 33 finally came out, and I got to actually read Moon Knight beating the fuck out of all the Avengers, especially Thor. It was amazing. Here's the music. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Everybody, everybody, cotton And Justin so takes a third L for the episode. <laughs> Irk. <laughs>